Hello, welcome to Spotlight, an umbrella of colourful creation in the grey November skies. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening we hear about a fascinating new exhibition and series of podcasts from Manx National Heritage. The second part of our chat with Harmony Music School's Sandra Oberoi. Hear about the latest round of funding available via the Isle of Man Arts Council. And a fascinating new film about Thalton's from Culture Vannon. Remember, do get in touch with any creative artistic endeavours you may be involved in planning, hoping to create or would really like to put in the spotlight as this programme. Poetic, visual, theatrical, musical, literary, film, sculpture, mime, blah, blah, blah. Just email me, spotlight at manxradio.com, Howard Kane with an E at manxradio.com. Love to hear from you, and we will feature something if you get in contact. So, hopefully, you've been enjoying the Museum 100 podcasts from Manx National Heritage over the last year, celebrating 100 years of the Manx Museum, and available, of course, via the Manx Radio podcast page. Well, as they come towards the end, about a seven left, I think, there's a new series now coming your way to celebrate a new exhibition at the museum called Home, which will showcase the work of artists in the Isle of Man's creative network. More than 80 members of the network were set the challenge to create a piece of work about what home means to them. 65 pieces of work were selected for the display in the exhibition, ranging from drawings to paintings, ceramics, mixed media, photography and sculpture. Each piece appearing in the exhibition was selected by an expert panel for display, including Manx artist and educator Ian Coulson, internationally renowned sculptor Professor Michael Sandel, R.A., and Katie King, Manx National Heritage Curator for Art and Social History. The exhibition is supported by a series of new podcasts from individual artists featured in the exhibition. They will be available via the Manx Radio podcast site shortly. Well, I thought as a preview... We could hear the first featuring the Manx Wildlife Trust Biosphere Artist-in-Residence, Ali Hodgson, and Creative Network Artist, Mara Gilbert. Manx National Heritage works with community partners to stage exhibitions at our sites and spaces. We have partnered with the Creative Network, a community of artists practising on the Isle of Man, to stage Home, an exhibition in which artists explore what home means to them. Home is open at the Manx Museum until the 14th of April. My name is Ali Hodgson. I'm a graphic artist and designer and currently the Isle of Man Biosphere Artist in Residence in collaboration with Manx Wildlife Trust, UNESCO Biosphere Isle of Man and the Isle of Man Arts Council. The residency is about celebrating the vision of a sustainable future for our island by bringing people closer to nature through the medium of art. Artistically, I work mostly digitally, but I have a background in traditional illustration, drawing and printmaking, all of which has greatly influenced my style. My practice is split between working as a values-led freelancer, collaborating mostly with changemakers and NGOs who are making a real positive difference in the world, and as a self-led fine artist with a particular interest in visual storytelling and communicating complex social, psychological or environmental issues. I have an MA in Visual Communication from the Royal College of Art in London and I currently live in Peel on the Isle of Man. I work, teach and exhibit both locally and internationally. I do what I do because art is how I best express, explore and communicate my experience of life. I care about the world, its people, connectivity and I love applying creativity to global challenges and collaborating with others to do this. 
My piece in the home exhibition at the Manx Museum is titled Anima. Anima is a triptych of prints taken from a larger body of narrative-based work that I originally created as part of a publication with the all-female International Artists Collective drawn together. In it, I explore themes around venturing out of the boundaries of domesticated life and into something wilder and less contained than we are perhaps used to in the everyday experience. If home is a symbol for the known, a place of comfort and safety or banality and captivity, what happens when we are willing to go beyond that space and look back on it from the outside in? The pieces I have in the exhibition are filled with symbolism. They are almost like a dream that doesn't make sense but feels deeply familiar and are filled with female archetypes, the dark night, wilderness, motherhood, cycles, birth and death. I hope the work I have contributed to this exhibition wakes up something in the inner experience. Hidden influences, loss of control, and a deeper layer of awareness unrooted in any logical sense of right and wrong, the unconscious. I hope Anima inspires and disturbs in equal measure. My name's Myra Gilbert, and I'm one of eight artists who work on behalf of the Creative Network. The Home Exhibition is a collaborative project between members of the Creative Network and Manx National Heritage. We invited our artists to submit original artwork in response to our chosen theme of home. An external curatorial team made their selection of anonymised pieces of work. Their aim was to develop an art show that would reveal the meaning of home from the perspective of each artist through the subject matter they chose and the media used. To explain the background of this show, the Creative Network is a not-for-profit organisation comprising 80 island-based artists. For 11 years, we have aimed to promote and support the work of artists on the island. And in this instance, we are extremely grateful to Manx National Heritage for the opportunity to exhibit over such an extended period in the nation's premier gallery space. The work of Manx National Heritage staff has been freely given, as has the additional support by the Isle of Man Arts Council for production of our exhibition catalogue. We promote the Creative Network artists in other ways, such as the Isle of Man Art Festival, which is an island-wide biennial event. We have a dedicated website, we have an artist directory that we print every year, and we promote our artists' work on social media and the radio. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram all year round. Sounds good stuff, doesn't it? Can't wait to get along to see it, but plenty of time. Home opens at the Manx Museum this Saturday, the 18th of November, and it runs through until the 14th of April next year. And the exhibition is open from 9.30am to 4.30pm daily, so plenty of time to get there. The podcasts will be available via the Manx Radio podcast page in the next few days. Now, if you heard last week's programme, you'll know we were talking to Sandra and Ryan Oberoi of Harmony the Music School, based in India. The pair have recently moved to the Isle of Man and are setting up an international, cross-cultural, online educational facility under the Harmony brand to benefit local musicians and students. Sandra told me how inspired they'd been after attending 
this year's guild. We came and saw the Manx Music Festival. That we were there at the guild, and something that just blew my mind was well, we first of all, Ryan and I had to make a decision as to what we. So much was happening. What are we going to go and see? Okay, fine. You go and watch the brass class, and I'm going to go and see the oratorio class. I saw an elderly gentleman come in and I thought, wow, how nice he's come to support perhaps his granddaughter or someone. But then I, I'm sitting there and I'm watching him a couple minutes later go up and, and compete himself. And it just blew my mind. And I thought, wow, what a sense of community and belonging. And everybody was enjoying it. It seemed like there was some part that everybody played and there was space for everyone at the table. I really think that is special. That is something that is actually missing, I think, in some ways in other parts of the world. And so if people can come in and watch and see and learn from this aspect of of um, community building and sharing. And, and as far as I know, I know it's been over 100 plus years that the Manx Music Festival has been on. Is, yeah. I think 1892 or mm -hmm. something like that, which again is unbelievable it's incredible that the tradition's been going on for so long so we've got something to learn there and um, again it's nice if people on the island can see how other people come and bring in their music bring in their ideas and that's what it was with us bringing our music we did of course we did um, Rutter we did um, Eric Whitaker to give you an example and we did Bollywood music but presented in a choral um, with an, a choral ensemble which is different which you don't really hear but we were so warmly welcomed and the music was so well received so there is that space where we you know, we can share our music and we can um, learn from one another, I think. Absolutely. So the Harmony Music Skills, do you see it then sort of working with, with individuals, with music teachers, uh, getting involved in sort of musical education within the educational establishment over here or all of the above? It's, I guess more to be more, more online, mm -hmm. not much in person here. Mm -hmm. But we we have spoken to a couple of teachers on the island as well to be a part of the team to teach and t take their music out of, I mean, internationally. And, and yes, I'm going to add to that. Um, to give you an example, we have been in touch with, um, let's say, for example, June Wright uh, at the Music Education Department or Department of Education mm -hmm. with Steve Deacon, uh, just to see how we can bring in you know, you know how we can bring in um, expertise from outside. It could be even London or anywhere, but bring in um, expertise and see how we can support development within the island. So that's why I said it seems like there might be a space for us to offer a lot of CPD-related activities, which um, then might be quite useful. For example, I myself have been one of the areas that I teach on quite frequently is on adolescent uh, changing voices and how one has to take care of teaching those kind of, uh, you know, the changing voice, which may not necessarily be something that is um, done as frequently on the island. So even if it is to do with bringing in teachers, bringing in experts, bringing in people where we can offer sessions for teachers here, for students here, uh, we do that. And then the all important question, I suppose, how do people actually 
get involved with uh, the the school now. So you're only here now. It's been setting up. It'll have this online presence. It's going to hopefully introduce, as you say, a lot of different aspects and more of this cross-cultural mix. And how, how will people get involved with it? It's going to take a while. We did see people from the island. In fact, two teachers actually came and joined us. Of course, there was Mandy and Chloe that taught at the uh, at the Harmony Summer Vocal Intensive. But then there were also teachers from the island who attended. And so it it's just a matter of, I guess talking about it more, um, interacting with, you know, key people. We're also looking at uh, perhaps doing this, hosting it at the Kensington Arts, for example, so talking to several different individuals. And so it simply means it's going to take time. Even us bringing the choir in, definitely we would have thought that many more people would come. Although I have to say Peel Centenary Centre was full. But what we are thinking, instead of having it for one day, we could have perhaps had it for two days and had newer audiences. So it's a matter of just taking time on this and making sure we intentionally speak to the right people and engage even with younger, you know, the younger lot. Um, it's being very intentional about it. And you're hoping to do more, you're talking about, like you say, the, the Harmony Choir here earlier in the year and working with, with Chloe and Mandy and such like. Do you see more of those sort of events happening in, in the months and years ahead? I think so, isn't it? Definitely, based yep. on their availability and mm -hmm. things like that. Continuing on from there, it's, it's primarily online. The, the conference is online. Yep. So it is easier for them to also just plug in at any, any time, depending on the schedules and things like that. But we're looking at doing it more often through the year and even bringing in these groups more often through the year. And if people want to find out more, can they get in contact with you or is an online place they can go to find out yeah, more we have information? Yeah, website. Yeah, uh, website. Yes, harmonyinternational.uk. I am yes. uh, harmonyintl.im and uh, there's a contact form there and I think we're setting up a Facebook page yes. soon. Yes, harmony um, hyphen the music school dot com would have our India presence and what we've been doing there, which will then sort of give people an understanding of all the possibilities that they can link up with. Spotlight brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. If you've got an artistic idea burning a hole in your pocket, such that you have no funds there of your own to bring it to fruition, stay tuned as the latest round of Arts Council funding submissions is coming around again as Arts Engagement Officer for the Arts Council, Ali Debacker, told me a couple of days ago. Yeah, it's the last funding round for 2023. Um, the deadline is the 24th of November, ahead of the um, Arts Council meeting at the beginning of December. So if you have a project in mind that you want to get off the ground or you want to talk to us before you put an application in, um, just give us a shout and we will be happy to make an appointment for you to come in and talk to us about your application. And this is pretty much open to anything and everything, because I always think people might sometimes think, oh, I, you know, I don't know whether I could actually really go and ask the Arts Council for help with this. It might be poetry, it might be a play they're wanting to put on, a radio play, some sort of art exhibition, but it really is, covers all bases. Every art form, there is, yeah, anything, anything creative that you want to do or you want to engage with your community, just give us a shout and we'd be happy to help. And if we can't help you, we can certainly point you in the direction to somebody who can help you make that happen. And you're always happy to have a chat. Again, if people have never applied before, don't really know the, the system per se, 
they can drop down, I believe, and sort of have a chat with you, with Jane or someone down there and say, look, this is what I'm thinking about. Is it sort of viable for me to put in? Yeah, definitely. Um, our door's always open. We're nine to five. Um, you can also um, give us a call on 694-598. Um, or you can just have a look on the website as well and have a look at the what kind of things we do fund. Um, so we, we fund things from uh, grants to travel grants, underwriting, um, creative industry grants, film funds. So yeah, it's it's a it's a, a plethora of <laughs> opportunities for people to apply to. And what's the time scale? You say the closing date. Obviously, they've got to get their application in by then. Between getting their application in, what's the time scale before they know whether they're successful and when they would actually get the the money, as it were? Have they been successful? So um, normally what happens is um, after the Arts Council consider your application, um, you're advised within seven working days after the the meeting um, as we're seeing more and more people apply. So we've got more and more people to go back to, which is not a bad problem to have. Um, So that's increasing each time. So it's just to give everybody a a chance to have their expectations met of how long it takes for us to come back to you and either say you've been successful or unsuccessful. And then would they get the money, if they are successful, do they get the money in fairly short order then? Um, as with most things in government, um, it can take a little bit longer than, ante- yeah, than anticipated. Um, but it, it depends what, what your um, application is mm. um, and what fund you've applied for also and, and, and how much as well. But we, we, um, we go through every stage of that um, with you to let you know and advise you through every stage of your application how, how long roughly um, each stage would take. Give us the closing date and the address again if people want more details. So the closing date is the 24th of November. And if you want to give us a call on 694-598 or if you want to visit our website on iomarts.com. A closing date again, the 24th of November. Help available as ever. The advice the same as always. What are you waiting for? Last, but by no means least, another new film is just out from Culture Vannon. All about that icon of the Manx countryside, The Thalton. To find out more, I dropped into Culture Van and Headquarters in St John's for a word with online and educational resource officer James Franklin and began by asking him to explain just what is meant by Thalton. The classic would be a former home or homestead which has lost its roof and normally can be found somewhere about in the Manx Hills. So what is this then? This this latest release is what a collection of stills. How does it work from the uh, Mike Goldie who was well known back in the day of course? Yeah, Mike Goldie was a wonderful photographer who went out and took photographs of Thaltons all over the Isle of Man um, from 1965 through into the 90s. And in 1991, he thought to sit down and to record himself giving a slideshow um, where he showed hundreds, I haven't counted them, but it must be hundreds of photos of well over a hundred Thaltons everywhere from Bride right down to the Calf of Man. And this was recorded and recently the Goldie family very kindly um, lent it to us and trusted it to us to digitise and put online. And this is where we're at now. We're releasing this slideshow which he gave of his amazing photos with his own stories of the Thaltons, the stories he heard and what he knew and found in these spaces. And the thing with Thaltons is, I mean, a lot of them are still extant and, and you can go and see them, but quite a few others listed in Mike's film have completely disappeared now. Yeah, it's really, it's lovely. And I always think of the first Thalton features, which is Cranstall Cottage. And Cranstall is 
on the road very close to the point of air up in Bride. And this cottage, which he photographed in 1965, um, is there. It's still got its thatch on, the roofs, uh, the windows and the doors broken, but otherwise it's this full cottage. And he went, and the next photos he took at the place was in the 70s, and it's just the gable end standing because the sea has come in and eaten away at the house. And if you go there now, it's gone. The land entirely has disappeared into this sea. And so the record we have of this Sultan is entirely gone. And we just have these photos and his stories. And this is the case with so many other Sultans in there. Um, and I think of other ones which are disappeared or which have been cleared away for new buildings or entirely changed. And it's really is, it's like a double... Uh, memory as it were because of course sultans are the remains of lives lived and yet these photos are memories of these places which have now changed or gone entirely and there's also fascinating things like Ingebrecht reservoir which again that was when it was flooded in order to create the reservoir there were some old crofters cottages and such like which are now under the water yeah and he went in the great drought in the 1960s where the reservoir went down to what is in effect a small stream through this dried out terrain of um, buildings and walls and small bridges which are all there just hidden underneath the reservoir and haven't been seen like this since the 60s and here are the photos in there and taking his photos across this period we also see other things which are not strictly Thaltons, but which are an amazing document, such as his photos of St. John's Railway Station here, where he starts with pictures of the trains, and then just five or so years later, it's the station abandoned and gorse growing and flourishing all over. And he's also got pictures of the Foxtel line, which of course is now merely a memory, but he's got it there with the tracks still there. And this small sequence of taking these pictures of, for me, something I've never seen before. And it's entirely changes my own concept of Foxtel. And this is the same for every minute of this film. It's really a treasure. There's talk of poltergeists and the white lady. Oh, yeah. Of course, what I like about stories about poltergeists and haunted houses is that these are normally the houses which people don't, which people leave. People don't stay and make their family home in a house which is haunted. And so normally it's uh, slightly strange houses which are left to fall into disrepair. And there's quite a few stories of the Sultan with the White Lady or the Poltergeist House or the Ronig Spook. Yeah, the Ronig Spook. I hadn't heard of that one. No, me neither. Yeah. And yet in here, he, Mike Goldie just says, oh, and this is where the, the, uh, the Ronig Spook used to live which immediately makes me want to say, well, tell us more, tell us more. So if any listeners know anything more about the Ronick spook, then please get in touch. It's terrific, I must admit. It sounds like uh, endless entertainment on this one. Online, of course. Now, the whole thing runs for over a couple of hours, does it? Yeah, um, it's, it's, a, it's a big one. It's about two hours, 40 minutes. Um, but the nice thing about it is that he does go effectively parish by parish. And so if you are a Kurt Michael one, you can go in and find the Michael section and dip in and out from there. But we've also put in effort to chop out 25 little extracts 
about individual things which we thought were particularly interesting so that you can get a taste just through a 30 second long or a two minute long video just of what's in there and then that will hopefully set you up to launch into the bigger thing. Terrific stuff, I must admit. I'm looking forward to having a look at this one, although it sounds like the sort of thing you could sit down to start watching and suddenly think, oh, Lordy, yes, there's the morning gone. <laughs> uh, just remind us where people find it. On the Culture Banner website, of course, and also on YouTube under Thaltons of the Manx Crofter. I've seen just a little bit. It looks great. Check it out by the Culture Van and website. But be warned, once you're there, you can be stuck for hours, as I suggested. <laughs> That's about it this week. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to maxradio.com, download the Spotlight podcast, listen where and when you want. Why not try it whilst feeding the ducks on your new pond, which has appeared in your back garden after the rains this autumn? See you next week. Until then, look after yourselves, and whatever you're doing, be creative about it. Cheerio. Cheerio.